Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The road to Roland Garros has produced a wonderful week of tennis around the globe. In Monte Carlo, two of the game's hottest young stars and future Grand Slam champions met for the seventh time on tour, but this time was for their first Masters title. Plus, the global nature of tennis was on display in Charleston, where the championship was a cross-section of multiple cultures and continents. So what's trending and who's posting? We're checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms. Sorry about that. Wherever Tennis Channel is, I feel very comfortable and I just love it. And we love having you on TC Live right now. An incredible championship Sunday comes to a close in Charleston. After two beautiful weeks in the low country, Astra Sharma ends on a massive high raising her first WTA singles trophy. Welcome to TC Live, our 30-minute post-game show to get you caught up on everything in the tennis world. We will hear from the champs in Charleston and Monte Carlo, plus a deep dive on the doubles action and the highly anticipated, often imitated, but never duplicated best of the best of this week. As we bring you into our studios in Santa Monica, Steve Weissman, happy to be alongside these superstars, Chanda Rubin, Hall of Famer, Jim Courier, uh, y'all have been crushing it the entire week, early mornings, we've seen yeah. you, you here on the show, late afternoons, good to have you on TC Live. Great, great to be awake at this time of the day, I've been waking up <laughs> so early from Monte Carlo, it's nice to be here, been watching you guys at home, speaking of crushing it, Weissmania, ladies and gentlemen, is running wild again. Chanda. You, you actually do sound more excited than usual, Steve, so I believe you, thank well, you. It's, it's, it's nice to, to go three wide on TC Live, you know, like no Skype, we're, just, we're all it's here, true. we're all a little family. It's my wow. first time going Putting three wide, I think, right? Or maybe, no, maybe once, with it Prakash, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Sounds yeah. like we're a NASCAR show. Okay. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> F1. All right, let's start in Monte Carlo. The two winningest players on the, dub, on the ATP Tour this year battling for their first Masters title, the rivalry. Between Stefano Tsitsipas and Andre Rublev dates back to juniors, Jim. The Greek star hadn't dropped a set all week, and he was just dominant from the start. He came out with an early break of serve, and that's all he needed in the first set. He was spreading the court beautifully with the serve-forehand combination. Second set, similar scenario. He'd get an early break, and he would be able to run the table using finesse like this confounding Rublev at times with that. But Rublev is such a front-foot player, and he wasn't able to be as offensive consistently as he'd like to. I don't think he played a bad match. He just got play- he just got played by a player who had a good strategy to keep him moving side to side, take him out of his comfort zone. And Tsitsipas looked really comfortable and was able to close out here. This is double match point, and you're going to see some emotion here. It's lovely. This is a tournament his mom won. There's a women's tournament back in the day. His mom has her name etched on the board. Now he joins her. Awesome stuff from Steph. First Masters 1000 title, and he spoke to Prakash on the DraftKings desk after. 
this place has some history. Yeah. Your mother won a title here many years ago. Uh, how, how special is this? You live just down the road. There are so many factors. This is a family tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It runs in the family. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad that uh, I'm going to go take some pictures with my mom now upstairs yeah. where her name is engraved. Uh, no, not many people know, but this tournament used to be a women's tournament many years ago combined with men. And um, now it's, uh, I don't know, fortunately, unfortunately, but it's only a men's tournament. And it, it feels quite special having my mom uh, in, uh, in the winner's list here in Monte Carlo. And uh, today I was really, like, you know, nervous. I really wanted this so much to be able to be next to my mom and uh, say that I, you know, won a similar title like her. And I uh, pretty much did it for her, I would say. Oh, that's so awesome. Yulia won it back in 1981. These guys... Ranking 1-2 in wins this year. Also take the top spots in the race to Turin. Tsitsipas already an ATP Finals champion. A bigger title. But said he would consider this the best week of his life so far. Chanda, just the third active player to win his first Masters title without dropping a set. So what did you learn about Stefano Tsitsipas this week? Well, he can handle the moment. And, you know, he is making bigger and bigger steps up to the top of the game. He's been that guy, one of the young guys that has been the closest. And he's had some opportunities, won the, the finals. But it's another thing entirely when you can step up and win a Masters 1000 with the draw that was in place, with the people that started um, this week. And we didn't talk as much about Tsitsipas during the week. But he just slowly, quietly worked his way through the draw. I think there was more pressure on him in this final. There was a little more at stake, and he was able to play his way through it beautifully. That's huge. It's not a, a Grand Slam tournament. We saw what that kind of pressure did to Dominic Team and Alexander Zverev at the U.S. Open. But still, when you factor in his mom's a winner there, a chance for him to join her on the wall in Monte Carlo, there was a lot riding on this for him and a lot of opportunity once Djokovic went out and then Nadal as well at the hands of Rublev. He handled it beautifully. He played better and better. It was a brilliant performance for him. His serve rarely challenged all tournament, dropped very few games en route to the final. It was super impressive, Steve. Yeah, Jim, that serve was incredible. Also, the return. He won 60% of the points on second serve return. And the forehand today, how good was that? The forehand was good. It's always really good, but I don't know that it was as accurate as we've seen it today. The green line there, that's within three feet of the lines. And 43% of his forehands found that zone, most of them on the sideline side. So that's why Rublev had real trouble in the neutral rallies. And face it, when the second serves in play, those are pretty much neutral rallies, point starters. And Steph won 66% of all second serve points, his and against Rublev. So he was dominant once the ball was in play from the baseline, and the forehand was really the difference. He's now won everything other than a major, Chanda. So we always talk, who's going to be the next one? Is he now, Stefano Tsitsipas, at the top of that list? Does he pass Medvedev, Zverev, and those guys? You know, I don't know that he passes Medvedev in terms of the consistency we've seen uh, recently, but he's right there in the conversation. And I think it helps. I think he would prefer to not be the only one. For a period of time, he was the one guy that we were looking at as as possibly stepping up next. Now there's two or three. I think that helps him. Uh, But he's showing himself that he can play with a little more pressure that he can play with so much poise and handling the heavy shots from Rublev from the ground in this big moment, even though they've known each other since juniors, the fact that he's been able to do it in the bigger moments, I think that says a lot. I like his all-court abilities, and I like his all-surface abilities. I think that's a factor when you look at who's most likely 
to break through next. So Medvedev, he's really struggled to win matches at Roland Garros. Zverev, I think, is very good and viable everywhere also, but I think the second serve troubles for him pressure-wise, that's not a problem for Tsitsipas. So I would maybe give him a slight edge as far as opportunity. Not that he'll necessarily get there first, but I think he's better suited to challenge at all four of the majors than maybe some of the other guys. Posted a photo with the trophy on Instagram with the caption, Let your dreams be your wings. Dear fan, Stefano Tsitsipas is flying on the road to Roland Garros. He is the first Greek to win a Masters 1000 in Charleston today. Jabeur looking to become the first Tunisian to win a WTA title. Jabeur has been playing spectacular all week, but in the semifinals, looked a little queasy at the end of the first set. She did recover to win seven straight games and make the final where she took on Astra Sharma of Australia. Chanda Jabur hadn't dropped a set all week, has had a bagel in each of her last three matches, started out that way. Yeah, it looked like this match was going to go according to the same script, and Jabour able to take it, you know, pretty handily. But Sharma, she has shown us a lot all week in terms of adjusting, fighting, battling to get an edge in matches, and was able to do it right there. Won the last four points of the second set with some fantastic tennis. Jabour would see the trainer have a medical timeout to address her arm. Didn't get it taped. She still never looked fully 100% in terms of her energy. And Sharma didn't get distracted, just stayed with the business at hand. She's a good mover. She's a good athlete, can play in all the areas of the court. And she showed that she could go toe-to-toe with some of the best players. Her first top 30 win and big occasion for it. Gets her first title as well. In just her second final, hashtag college tennis, first college tennis player to win a singles title at the WTA Tour this year. First win over a top 30 player, like you said, and she will get to 120 in the world. She's been ranked as high as 85 in singles. And as our producer, Mark Huska, said, this is some karma for for Sharma because last week in Bogota, she was robbed. A game taken away because a chair umpire forgot how to call the score and basically lost that match because of that, is able to come to Charleston, Chanda, and get the victory. I mean, that's huge. You know, she's been a player all week that has had – she's been such a good sport. She's been clapping for her opponent's winners. I couldn't have done that. (laughs) I was too ornery on the court. But she has been so impressive in that way. And it's been fun to see her – watch her game and see how she's worked through matches. She plays a complete brand of tennis. And being able to let go of a moment like that from, Mm -hmm. you know, previous tournament, that's not easy, Uh, you know, to not be a little bit jaded. But you couldn't tell that she went through that kind of adversity. She just takes everything as it comes. And I think that's – that's the big reason why she was able to come out on top in this match today. Is this a pressure situation for Jabor as well because she hasn't won a title, because she's playing for her country? Is that something you think that maybe added a little extra weight? Besides the fact she didn't have the college experience, so the boot and rally wasn't maybe necessarily her strength? Mm. <laughs> I, I got that. Okay. I, I picked up on okay. it. <laughs> I didn't get the boot and rally. What, okay. what is that well, exactly? Tell, tell, me, about tell me offline. Fraternity yeah. business. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> yes, it's not a good thing. Anyway. <laughs> do you, but do you think that that was something? Like, Jabor seemed like she had a little bit more weight on her shoulders than, than Astra did. You know, I think it's a combination. Certainly some of the physical issues that she went 
through Jabour, that could be because of the pressure, because of the anxiety she was feeling, getting a lot closer to that first title and not being able to quite handle it. It wasn't very hot, wasn't very humid these last couple of days. So I definitely think it was a combination of things. And she does have a lot on her shoulders. You know, she's talked about that, being the, the f- first Arab woman and how important it's been to have her husband and have her team to kind of deal with all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of it came to bear in this match. And, you know, she just came up against an opponent who also has a complete game, who has a lot of shots in her tool bag as well. And so it was just not her day, disappointing for her. But hopefully she'll have many more opportunities. She's up to a career high. She's now in the top 25. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing for her. And, and you remember this. What, what's it like to win that first title, to, to raise yeah. the first trophy? Oh, it's incredible. It, it is a, it's a seminal moment. It's one you'll, you'll never forget. And if you lose in, in those finals, it's also painful. But that's not the experience for Sharma. She's breaking through in a big way. This will be a huge confidence boost. We know there's a ranking boost attached to it as well. Where can she take this to next? I mean, she should be a top 100 player for sure by the end of this season if she keeps on this run. And by the way, 85 matches played over the last two weeks in Charleston. Well done to Bob Moran, Eleanor Adams, Ben Navarro, the entire team in Charleston getting this done. I mean, absolutely incredible effort there. Much more still to come here on TC Live. The Hall of Famer Steve Flink going to join us later in the show. Plus, we'll go back out to Monte Carlo and see what Danny and Prakash have to say. Plus, a huge week for Dan Evans. Takes out Novak Djokovic. Could he get a doubles title? You're watching TC Live. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Chad and Jim Steve back on TC Live. The doubles final in Monte Carlo. Rematch from the final in Miami. Dan Evans, Neil Skupski looking for a little revenge against Nikola Mektic and Mate Pavic. It's tough to get revenge on a team this hot. Mektic and Pavic, this is their fifth title that they're going to win of this year already. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Two Masters 1000s in a row playing some great tennis. Definitely the best doubles team in the world. But how about Evans and Skupski, a pickup team after Skupski's brother, Ken, got a blood clot after Acapulco. It would go into the match tiebreak. It was tired. Evans, Skupski up 6-5, but that was a ripper of a shot there by Mektic. It gets them there in the situation, double match point, and that drops in. And there they go, two in a row. Fabulous work for that team. First year they're playing together. After Dan Evans, how about this? Final in doubles, semifinals and singles. Danny and Prakash and Monte Carlo with more on that wonderful week. All right, Steve, back at the DraftKings desk. Prakash, it's been enjoyable to watch Dan Evans' success this week in both singles and doubles, but what could the rest of the clay court season hold for him? Well, we're in Monte Carlo, so I'm going to make a casino analogy. When the going is good, you got to 
push all your chips in. And right now, for Dan, the going is great. He's not only in the habit of winning matches, but I think he should continue playing doubles as well. Hopefully, he'll continue playing with Neil. They've been very formidable against the best teams in the world. I know Neil's brother can hopefully healing, hopefully see him back soon. But I think it would be great for Dan to continue playing doubles, stay in this habit of winning. There's no reason why he can't do very well on the clay, as he's shown, and take that momentum to where he really wants to be, back home on the grass. Well, it was a wonderful week for Dan Evans. It was a wonderful week for Prakash and I here in Monte Carlo. And the traveling tour will continue in just a couple weeks in Madrid. We're really Can't looking wait. forward to it, Steve. Great job, Danny. Great job, Prakash. Looking forward to seeing you all in Madrid, keeping with that casino theme. How about Dan Evans? Earlier, being a little on tilt in the doubles, <laughs> okay. could we say that? It was Saturday. It was in the semifinals. And in that match, uh, Jim, you call it tomfoolery? Some chicanery? Well, what went on here? Well, what, what happened was Dan Evans thought that the coach for the opposing team was stealing his signals, or at least that's the way that we interpret it. That's Jeff Kutze. He's the coach on the other side, and they, that's what the, we've got a uh, supervisor was called to the court. Dan Evans made his point, said you got to keep eyes on him, go back and look at the tape. It got him really aggravated, really aggravated. That's when he called for the super. The super would come down after the next game, and he would, he would just be disgusted. Uh, here was Jerry Armstrong on the court with him. You know, just saying to have a look. And they would end up having the final word in this semifinal, getting through it. And there was a little maybe extra for Dan Evans for that one. So, uh, <laughs> he got through. So that, that's interesting. So that's not unusual in doubles to have a little uh, extra emotion because things are in such close quarters and contact and most of the time, the aggravation comes when someone gets pegged by a quick volley, but it's very different when the coaches get involved. Huh. We've got a Grand Slam champion here. Uh, Chando, what, what... We do here, too. I mean, in doubles. doubles. I'm going doubles Close here. Close enough. Hey, French okay. Open junior doubles. <laughs> there you there go. You All right. How often are, are, are folks stealing signs on the court? I didn't know that was a thing, okay. to be honest. I did not know. I mean, it, it is one of the concerns. It's why sometimes, you know, teams, partners, they'll talk or they'll whisper. You'll see them put their hands up to their mouth so you can't see what they're saying. So, yes, there's always that concern of not letting the opponents know what you're going to do. But in terms of the signals, I never would have thought of a coach sitting back there and kind of handing off information. What is it, two blinks for body serve, <laughs> three blinks for go? I mean, I, I would not have thought of that. So if that, in fact, happened, that is definitely a disgrace. Hopefully it was a, a misunderstanding. Uh, we weren't quite sure, but, yeah, not a good look. I was always concerned and in Davis Cup settings that if, when, when the Bryans were playing with us, they, they would use a signal for their second serve direction and then which way the net man was going to move. I was always on the lookout and had scouts on our bench looking for behind the court to see if there was a plant there because it's not that hard to just replicate the signal with your hand. So you, could, you can get those signals across or you can have other signals. This is going forehand. This is going back. And there are ways to do that. So we're always on alert. We never really caught anyone red-handed, but we did make a few accusations and had the, the supervisor of Davis Cup just make sure that people were keeping it above board. Uh, Chanda called it a disgrace. I mean, It is a disgrace. Right. So cheating. Yeah. Co coaching not allowed, but this is next it's level cheating. when it comes it's to that. It's just flat-out flat out cheating. You can't do that. You can't tip a pitch. That's what happened with, with uh, was it Houston? Houston Astros. In baseball, you can't do that in tennis either. So this is, we don't, we're, it's unfounded, our accusation, because I've scoured the Internet and tried to find any clues that, that what our hunch is is actually what Dan was accusing him of, and I hope we'll get some clarity on that, because we don't want to accuse a coach of something that wasn't true at all. So yeah. we're, we're not saying that he definitively did it, but we can say that we think he was accused of it pretty strongly.
And we can say that Dan Evans had a great week. No yeah. doubt about I mean, that. Only, only four singles wins on Clay coming into this week and makes the semifinals and gets the win of his life. I mean, pretty good stuff for Evo, the evolution of Dan Evans. Uh, much more on TC Live. The best of the best. You've been waiting for it all week long. We've got it for you next. Shot of the tournament. Oh, what a get. And what a shot from Katie McNally. Great anticipation from Katie. What a pickup. That was sweet and stylish. Oh, do stop it. That is very, very tough to do. Great poise and balance from Ons Jabur, who's absolutely rampant in this uh, first semi-final today. anticipation Rublev not ruthless enough on that occasion and what a way to break serve oh my goodness mm, did that catch it did this was a big swinging volley and then this is a bullet from Rublev, just like, what? What had happened? <laughs> what happened was... Yeah, RBA. <laughs> That's what happened. Mm -hmm. All right, time now to enter the social net on TC Live. we got some great news, Chanda. Roger Federer confirms his schedule. He's playing clay court tennis. He's going to be at the 250 in Geneva, and then he'll be in Paris at Roland Garros. Uh, exciting stuff, and it's just great to see Roger Federer planning on getting back out. Hopefully, we'll be healthy 100% or as close to it as possible. You figure it'll take him some time to work back in, but this is great news for the tennis world. Jim, thoughts on Roger playing Geneva? So, so Geneva basically assumes the, the Rome slot now with Paris moved back. So he'll play Geneva. He'll get a week off. Then he'll get the French. Question is, if he loses early in the French, does he go straight to the grass in one of the tournaments that will take place in the second week of Roland Garros now with this different schedule? Because this is all pointing towards the grass court season. Everything pushing to get him ready to make a run at Wimbledon. So it's going to be great to have him back on the clay. But consider that the appetizer and Wimbledon the main course. All right, that's, that's the shrimp cocktail, or, or the snails in, in Paris for Roland Garros. Uh, Jack Sock, Jim, he, he gets a, a challenger doubles title with Mitchell Kruger, so now he has won doubles titles at every single level. They got the S-car going, didn't they? Jack Sock with the doubles win there, lost in the, in the quarterfinals of the singles, uh, and he'll be playing in the Tallahassee Challenger, or the Tally Challey, as the guys on tour call it, longtime clay court <laughs> challenger up in the, in the, the north of Florida. Uh, so he'll be going to bat there against Jason Jung, the, the Thai player who uh, plays out of California. 
We'll see if Jack can get it going again. He's almost top 100 in doubles, but about 250 in the world in singles. Far too good for those numbers. Should be in top 50 in both easily. The tally Chally. The tally Chally. Our friend Mike Cation there coming through That's with, right. with that tweet. Uh, and Chanda, uh, we've been going through these all week. Different ways to, to exercise and get stuff done. This, this looks a little easier, right, with the, the planking and the ball toss? What do you think? It does look a little easier, but then the cat comes in. And that's <laughs> that was my concern right there. He's like, i got to get in on this. I need a little distraction here. And, you know, it worked. But this is pretty impressive. If this was inside the NBA, we'd be having a challenge right now to see if Shaq could do this. We'd, have, we'd definitely have him down. Would we bring to, in a cat? Uh, I don't think you even need a cat. That is so tough, by the way. Try that without a ball. That is brutal on your uh, on your, quad, on your core. The core, right? yeah. That's, that gets you that six-pack, You could pull it off. Prakash could get it done. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Four tournaments. And the tennis never stops here on Tennis Channel. We'll be right back. Back on TC Live, get ready for Grand Slam excitement on the red clay in Paris. Don't miss extensive daily live coverage of Roland Garros here on Tennis Channel and TC Plus beginning Sunday, May 30th. And the action continues tomorrow right here on Tennis Channel with four events around the globe. We've got you covered. Take a look at some of these matchups. Chanda, what stands out to you? You know, I'm going to go for the women at the top, Sakari and Petkovic. That should be really interesting when Petkovic, a former top 10 player, Sakari, so athletic. See where she comes out as you know, she's making the transition from the hard courts onto the clay. Looking forward to that. Sanga just turned 36 years old. What's he got against uh, Garasimov and, and Katie Shakori? He's a, a two-time champ in Barcelona. And in Barcelona, guess what? We're, we're going to have Tsitsipas and Rublev there as, as well, right. joining Rafa Nadal. So it never stops here. Jim Chanda, I, I think you're free to go. The show's going to continue, but I, I know I know Susanna okay. wants, wants you on the... It's a okay. birthday party. It's, I got to run. <laughs> Jim always does the walk-off. For, you can stay, Chanda. Oh, okay. For, I thought, like, immediately. No, 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 no. <laughs> I got to get Steve up. Steve Flink will, will be with party. us on the other side to talk more tennis. Don't go anywhere, all right? <laughs> Welcome back. For more than a half century, Steve Flink has been putting pen to paper on the sport of tennis. Our Tennis.com colleague was inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame in 2017 for his work as one of the game's preeminent historians and journalists. And we are now joined by the legend himself, Steve Flink, with us on TC Live. Steve, it is always great to talk tennis, catch up with you. We are on the road to Roland Garros a couple weeks in now. Just had the Masters 1000 in Monte Carlo. Stefano Tsitsipas gets his first Masters title, a final against Andre Rublev. What was your reaction to that? Well, Steve, probably you probably shared my view as I know how closely you follow it. But you go back to 2018, and he was in his first Masters 1000 final that summer in Canada. Beat Djokovic, lost to Nadal. We've seen him sort of closing in on it. He's won the ATP finals. He's been in more of these Masters 1000s. And we've. I felt like it was... A long time coming, and today it finally happened. I think part of it was the draw opened up, and he didn't have to play Djokovic. He didn't have to play Nadal, but he certainly outclassed everyone in the field. And now I think he's taken, Steve, a big step in his confidence as he heads toward Roland Garros because we've seen him do so well in the majors. We've seen him in a couple of Australian semifinals, including this year when he beat Rafa from two sets down. And then uh, last year at Roland Garros when he took Novak to five in the semis. So he's a big occasion player. 
and he's setting the stage, I think, for what could be quite a run at Roland Garros starting at the end of next month. That's such a great point you bring up. Coming back from two sets down against Rafa in Miami, there was no Rafa, there was no Novak Djokovic. In Monte Carlo, they were both there. They did not make yeah. it to the Final Four, Steve. Uh, are, are you concerned at all about Rafa, or are you just like, all right, this is not Roland Garros, this isn't three of five, he'll be fine? I think it'll be fine. I think it was one of those days, Steve. It was a, at the end of the day, really going into the evening, very cool conditions, very windy. He can handle the wind, but he wants some heat. He wants some sun. He gets much more hop on his forehand when that's the case, and those were not ideal conditions. Plus, Rublev, I thought, was really uh, remarkable in the way he regrouped in the third set after Rafa came back from 4-2 down in the second to take it to a third. So Rublev, who broke Rafa three times in the first set, three more times in the third, he deserved it. Rafa's going to get a lot better between now and Roland Garros, and I fully expect him to win in Barcelona this coming week. Yeah, spot on there, Steve. Uh, We had a first-time Masters 1000 champion Monte Carlo. We had a first-time winner in Charleston on the WTA. That's Astra Sharma. We've seen on the men's side college players get into the top five, win multiple titles. But on the women's side, there's been a a resurgence of somebody who played college tennis, like Jen Brady, getting to the finals in Australia. Danielle Collins has had a great singles career as well. And now Astra Sharma, who played at Vanderbilt, gets her first WTA singles title. And deservedly so. I think she... She sort of salvaged it late in the second set when she managed to finally uh, turn the corner and get the break. It looked like we were heading for a tiebreak because she was down 40-15 in that last game, but came back, and I never doubted that she'd win the third. I, I'm very impressed with her, and you're right. It's nice to see the, you know, a college player doing that well. And she's very appealing. I thought the match was very appealing, to tell you the truth. It was not a, a slugfest from the baseline like we so often see. Lots of touch, lots of drop shots. Both players trying to win the points emphatically and quickly. It was an enjoyable contest to follow. Now, it, it certainly was. So you mentioned Rafa. He's going to be the favorite at Roland Garros going for another another title there. I mean, already holds the record. But in terms of the women, uh, we, we saw Ash Barty break through a couple of years ago. We saw Iga Sviantek last year get her first major title at Roland Garros. Who do you think could break through on the women's side? You know, I've been I, I've thought about that, Steve. It's really it's really it's hard to cite one or two names necessarily. But I have to say to you, I mean, none of us saw Sweata coming last year. It was a brilliant performance on her part and beat Halep and beat Cannon and really earned the title and blitzed everybody in the field so convincingly. Uh, I kind of hope, Steve, that this year that's not what we get. I think the women's game needs continuity. We have someone like Ostapenko four years ago, the champion, such a brilliant player. She's 52 in the world right now. I want to see more of these players breaking through at slams who are going to keep it going the way we've seen with Naomi Osaka. And uh, I I kind of hope that we, we get it. Maybe a Barty comes back and does it again or Halep takes her second or something along those lines, I think would, to me, and, and oddly would be a better story for women's tennis to have, you know, a repeat winner and more continuity in the women's game. That's just my point of view. No, it's interesting. We'll see if uh, Naomi Osaka can finally kind of make a breakthrough on the red clay at Roland Garros. Also, Garbina Muguruza, a former champion there, who has had more wins than anyone else on the WTA this year. We just heard today Roger Federer going to make his return in Geneva and then play at Roland Garros. Of course, he's focused on Wimbledon. But what do you expect to see on the red clay from Roger? I don't know. I don't expect 
I don't sell him short, Steve, because we know Roger with, you know, he played four finals against Rafa at Roland Garros through the years. A couple of years ago, nobody expecting much when he made his return after missing it for a few years. He's in the semis and loses to Rafa on an impossibly windy afternoon in the semis. So I, I think I don't doubt that he could get to the 16s quarters, best case scenario, semis in my view. Uh, it, at Roland Garros. But I think he's doing this, Steve, primarily to get matches in. He enjoys Paris. He loves being there. He's not expecting much of himself. The idea is get some matches in prior to the grass so that he's back in the swing of things and then can do his best and try to peak at Wimbledon. I, I believe that's his notion. Uh, but it, it, I, I, I think the most likely scenario is that Federer loses probably in the 16s or quarters at, at, at the French. All right. You're getting a call there, Steve, so we're going to let you go. But as always, it is a pleasure to catch up with the Hall of Famer, Steve Flink. Get your thoughts on the road to Roland Garros. A lot of storylines, and we'll continue to check in with you on Tennis.com throughout the few weeks leading up to Paris. That'll do it for TC Live, for Steve, for Chanda, for Jim, for our entire team here at Tennis Channel. I'm Steve Weissman. Stefano Tsitsipas. Gets his first Masters 1000 title in Monte Carlo. He is moving on up. Thanks for joining us on TC Live.